it's time to look ahead to Wednesday's 14 games. What is going on? 14 games on Wednesday. We're here on Election Day. And don't blame me. I voted for Kodos. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com. You can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore B-Ball, on TikTok at RedRock underscore B-Ball and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Go to fanjuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Thank you also for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free. We are available on all platforms. There's been a buy low show today. There's been a sell high show today. Five guys on each show. If a player you think is buy low or a player that you think is sell high is not featured on that show, it does not mean that they are not a buy low. It does not mean that they are not a sell high. I cannot go through and give you 70 players on every show. These are just five ones that I thought were interesting to talk about. Not necessarily the, the even the most obvious ones, which it's always Cam Thomas, Scotty Barnes, Pascal Siakam. All right, they're the obvious ones. So I try to steer away a little bit from those and dig into some other numbers on other players. Go check them out. And now, in the NBA's infinite scheduling wisdom, we have 14 games to talk about for Wednesday. Now, of course, this is just not going to be a streaming day. So I'm not giving you a stream of the day. I'm not giving you a list of streamers. I'm just talking about injury updates. I'm talking about things we pay attention to for a little bit more long-term. And then also, we chunk it up for the rest of the week to see what we can get in to take advantage of Thursday, Friday, and Saturday's lower volume days. So that is what we're going to be doing in today's show. You're not going to get a big list of these are the stream guys. You're not going to get a stream of the day because it's 14 teams. Every team's playing. You don't have roster spots available. I will talk about a couple of different options as I usually do when I'm doing the on my radar section. But yeah, a little bit different segment of the show. So let us go in, look ahead to Wednesday here in the NBA, and we'll start by looking at the injuries across all of these stupid games. The well, All these guys currently are out at the moment. Terry Rogier, they said a couple of games. I, I think this has got to be three weeks. I, I, I don't know for sure, um, but these soft tissue injuries, you leave a game with them, you've got to be helped off the court. It's a groin. There's no way you're back in two games. I don't think so. I would say that is, um, that's probably a multi-weaker there for old Tez. And which puts him sort of middle middle of November would be my guess. Now, last game, they started Brandon Miller in his spot, which probably is able to continue, I would guess. Um, but we saw that he had some struggles with that. It also helps someone like uh, the Salt Flake, Theo Maladon, to be able to get some extra minutes coming off the bench. Um, you know, and he's, he can be a useful option. I'm not going to talk too much here about Rozier, even though I am talking uh, too much about it already. But it is uh, it really does expose their lack of depth. And their solution to their lack of depth was to draft Nick Smith, who's not ready, and to sign Ish Smith, who's 150 years old, and he's not really an NBA-caliber rotation player anymore. So, yeah. Um, yeah, Jose Alvarado and Najee Marshall still remain out for the Pelicans. Obviously, so does CJ McCollum. 
Um, so and Trey Murphy, all those guys are, are long. The long, most of the longer term ones I won't mention. Miles Bridges still out for the Hornets as well. Four games to go for Bridges. Um, Jared Vanderbilt is out for the Lakers. Jaden Ivey and Alec Burks. Alec Burks are out for the Pistons. Burks has bruised forearm, man. I know that it sounds it sounds so soft. You got a bruise, mate. Suck it up. But you know what? Usually that means. Usually, not always. It means that the bruise like is covering his whole arm. Or it's a gigantic lump because it's like a, a bruise that's deep in onto the bone. And there's like a huge like golf ball size thing there that is causing inability to move the arm. That's usually what it means. It's not like you got a little owie because you walked into the corner of the bed. Like and it, it always sounds... I know they use contusion to make it sound um, more medical than a bruise. But we all just go, contusion, bruise, what are you doing? But it's 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 more than that. It's It can be pretty significant. And I'm guessing that's what's happening here. I hope that's what's happening. I hope it's not just like a little knock on the side of the arm and he's not playing. Because they still have an absence of shooters. I said Jaden Ivey still remains out with whatever's going on with his tummy. Monte Morris is still out. Alec Burks is out. And now Joe Harris has been announced with an AC uh, shoulder sprain. And he is out for 10 to 14 days as well. So, Marcus Sasser, Killian Hayes. Old mate Stanley Yamude, who I'm going to do a double check on this because, again, I will shit on ESPN. Shout out to them. Maybe they're into it. Glass bottom boat fanatics. I've got no idea. But I always talk about them not having players available. Yahoo does not have Stanley Yamude available. Yahoo. Now, ESPN also, add Matt Ryan, played last season in the NBA. Stanley Yamude, I think, was on a preseason roster last year as well. He's all right. Deeper leagues. He's all right if all these absences continue, but not available over on Yahoo. Chris Middleton is out. Just as we saw him getting back into some uh, goodness, he is sitting out on a management plan because um, they have a Wednesday, Thursday back-to-back. Makes sense. He misses the first game. He'll come back on the Thursday. Totally okay, right? No problem with that. So he'll be back on the Thursday. Isaac Okoro is out. Derek Rose remains out. Xavier T. Illman is out with that knee soreness. Happy to drop him now. Like I, I added him. He struggled with his shot. He's now missed two games. Biombo and Aldama are now there. Not that I think Aldama plays at center. You know how many minutes Aldama and Jaron Jackson played together last season? 270. They played 270 minutes together last season. And Santi Aldama, when Clark and Stephen Adams got injured at the end of last season, Aldama averaged 21 minutes a night. Unless they've changed their philosophy and they're going to play extreme amounts of Jaron at center, Santi probably doesn't get this boost that everyone seems to just believe that he will. Maybe he will. But the evidence that is all available suggests that he absolutely won't. Now, of course, while Tillman's out and Biombo's the only guy there, he, there'll be a little bit of that, but we'll see. But Tillman is out. I'm okay to drop him. Devin Booker is out. Calf, muscle injury. Let's just rule him out for the rest of this week. Maybe a little bit longer. Not great. More injuries. There's tons of them. Caleb Martin remains out. Devin Vassell is doubtful with the groin injury. I'd be shocked if he's back this week. But in positive news, yes, not much of it, but in positive news, Cameron Johnson has been upgraded to doubtful. Claxton still remains out, but Cam Johnson is upgraded to doubtful. So that means he probably doesn't play Wednesday, but a chance of appearing Friday or Sunday is on the cards. And I do think Johnson's a 12-team category league must-roster player. Johnny Conchar is doubtful for Memphis. He missed the last game. And then we get into the list of questionables. And a couple of interesting ones here. Old mate Walker Kessler pops up with a questionable tag. Now, if he misses, we go absolutely hardcore ham on a link. And I said there's no streaming on a 14-game day. You would add a Linux because if Kessler's going to miss multiple games, a Linux a top 80 sort of a player in 30 minutes. Terrence Mann, questionable. 
So his return from his ankle injury is um, coming up. And that means that we see how that works with Bones and Norm and, and Russ and how all that mixes in. Man is not going to be an ad. But if he does play, his presence does change quite a bit with that roster. Herb Jones has popped up as questionable. He did have a trip to the bench in that last game for the Pelicans, but returned. But he's dealing with a fibula bruise. Hopefully he's okay. If he is out, then that will have to mean more for Dyson Daniels and a very strong base for Jordan Hawkins. Anthony Davis with his groin spasms is questionable. He said he's going to play. If he doesn't, obviously Christian Wood's the guy there. Jackson Hayes is questionable. Jalen Duran is questionable again. That's multiple ankle injuries for Duran. Everyone in the preseason too. Uh, Marvin Bagley's like, all right, but I wouldn't be breaking the bank to get him in. He's not that good. It does help Isaiah Stewart. Old mate Lou Dort is questionable too. I talked extensively about Dort on the Sal High Show. There is absolutely no chance he continues what he's doing. You can continue to stream him, but if he misses, I would guess that Kaysan Wallace um, steps into that lineup. And Brad Beal, it does look like he's going to play, which would impact Grayson Allen, Jordan Goodwin, Eric Gordon. Gordon probably holds a little bit more value, and Beal is going to be limited, but honestly, just good news to see that yeah, he's uh, he's finally ready to, to crack on and, and play. Um, Maxi Kleber, questionable. Draymond Green, questionable. That's a little bit out of out of nowhere. Um, I believe it's a personal issue for Draymond. So if he misses, you would be looking at John Kaminga as a stream option there. And you'd probably, in deeper leagues, look at Sharich and maybe Trace Jackson Davis. But Kaminga and Sharich get the benefit over Trace Jackson Davis, I would say, in that scenario. And then we don't have, even though I'm recording this pretty late in the day, for when I normally would record it, we still don't have an update for the Portland and the Kings game. So I'm going to list Scoot as questionable. I'm going to list Darren Fox as questionable. And I'm going to list Trey Lyles as questionable. Um, obviously, no Anthony Simons and no um, uh, Robert Williams, who's maybe, maybe most likely, possibly, going to be out for the season. Some probable injury tags as well that are worth um, discussing. Derek White is likely to return from his paternity leave. So some big news there. Keontae George, the speaker, was listed as probable. Again, he continues to show me that he should be the starter, even though his numbers aren't great. Luxury stash only. Keldon Johnson is probable. The other big news here is Tari's second season is ready to come back. He's probable. Now, everyone is going to clamor to add Eason. I'm not really sure where the path is for minutes. How does he get 25, which is what I think he probably needs to be must roster 12? Who does he take them from? Smith, Shangoon, Brooks, Green, Van Vliet, nose right across the board. Does he take some away from Jay Sean Tate? Probably. Tate's only playing 21. Bullock's playing zero. Landau's getting back up center minutes. Yeah, Eason probably should get 25. I just, it's very hard to see how. Got no problem if you want to take a flyer again. There's 14 games on Stasher Block. See what happens. But I'm not, not, not that sure about it. Um, Rui Hachimura is returning. And Big Chungus continues to be listed as probable on every injury report. Nikola Jokic, he's probable, but yeah, he's probably going to play. Today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks, America's, North America's largest daily fantasy sports platform. It's also the most exciting and the easiest way to play daily fantasy sports because you don't have to worry about a salary cap, fitting a lineup in, going up against sharks and their advanced algorithms. Algorithms are such a funny word. I love it. But you just have to pick players and their projections and you go more or less. They throw the projections at you and you go, okay, more or less, done. Points, threes, rebounds, steals, blocks, touchdowns, catches, rushing yards, whatever. Depending on the sport, there's so many different options. And there are many, many sports over there on Price Picks. You can go and have a look for every game that's cracking on on Wednesday with 14 of them. You can go and check the Steph Curry points projection and choose more or less. You can look at Jokic's assist numbers with Jamal Murray out and choose more or less. 
up to six of those, and you can win up to 25 times your money back. So go to pricepicks.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code LockedOnNBA, and you can get a first deposit match up to $100. That is pricepicks.com slash LockedOnNBA. The promo code is LockedOnNBA, and get yourself $100 first deposit match. PricePix is daily fantasy sports made easy. So that is all of the injury notes at this point. Let's see what is on my radar for all 14 games. Some may say it's too many. Some is me. Okay, Washington and Charlotte is the first um, first game up. I want to see what's going on with Jordan Poole. It was definitely signs of life last game, but Kuzma's taking every shot. Now they're going in, but is that going to be how things distribute? Poole did improve last game, got to the line a little bit more, got some more assists, and started to ramp it up. We'll see where that leads us to. And then for the Hornets, with Rogier out, another opportunity for Miller. Now, he sucked last time, but I think he's got opportunities to be better. I'm still not sure he's going to maintain must roster status. And in terms of stream options, Bilal Kulabali, obviously Denny Avdi is in there as well, but he's over my 50% cutoff. And Big Dick Nick um, played really well last game and provided some nice numbers. But of course, we are in a non-stream environment. The next game is the Boston Celtics and the Philadelphia 76ers. I featured this man, Maximum Derek White, on my Sell High show earlier today. So let's see what he's got for me. Is he going to prove me wrong? Is he going to continue to be a 60% shooter? No, but let's see what he's got. Let's see what his minutes look like. Let's see what the usage. That is probably the most important thing I want to see with Dez. For the Sixers, I want to see DeAnthony Melton. Can he get to 30? Or is Nurse, famous minutes limiter, going to keep him under 30? Don't know why you would, but apparently that's what he's doing. So let's watch Melton's role. In terms of streams, the Sixers, maybe it's Covington, but who knows? Maybe it's Korkmaz. Maybe it's Reed. It's no one, but maybe it's those guys. I want to see what Covington and Batum's roles are. And then Al Horford for the Celtics would be a good stream, even though he would move to the bench with Maximum Derek returning. The next game that is on my radar is the Utah Jazz and the Indiana Pacers. Walker Kessler. Shot poorly last game, got a lot of offensive rebounds. I'm guessing a lot of those, I didn't see all of it, was from his own putback, so that influences a lot of that. But his minutes were a little bit higher. He's blocking shots at a higher rate. How do they use him? How does it work against a spread guy like Turner and Smith? I'm guessing not well, but we'll see how they utilize him, if he even plays. And then for the Pacers, I see a lot of people wanting to drop Bruce Brown. In a points league, Bruce Brown is not particularly strong, right? If you wanted to drop Bruce Brown in a 12 or shallower points league, I totally get that. In a category league, though, I would be holding. The Pacers are being involved in like 50-point blowouts either way. It's skewing the minutes, and I would still hold. Like, what are you getting in that's better? Matherin, jack him. Like, get rid of him. Bruce, I would hold. In terms of streams, Kelly Olynyk could become an excellent stream if Kessler misses. And then if you are looking deeper sort of stuff, the uh, sticks. Jalen Smith would be someone that we can um, we can have a crack at there. Oh, I wish I could play the standby, you man. Um, the Spurs and the Knicks. I do want to see Jeremy Sohan, who has it been up and down. No question about that. Is he fine as a must roster? Is he a must roster guy? That's debatable. But I want to see how him and Trey Jones interact. Sohan shooting numbers, assist numbers, which were down last game, but we pay no attention to that game. It was just a huge blowout. So seeing how Sohan plays is key. And then I want to see Josh Hart. Now, they're both of the stream options I've got here as well. But Hart played 32 minutes off the bench last game while they marginalized Grimes and quickly. Now, I, I could argue that, that might be the wrong call in the long term, but I don't know. But if that's what they do and quickly and Grimes stay at 21 minutes... And Hart plays 30, 30 plus, 31, 32. He's a 12-team league guy. But it could just as easily go back to Hart at 25 and quickly at 28 in this game. And then we go, well, we can't rely on it. See you later. So that's what we want to watch here. What we want to watch, what's on my radar for the next game, it is the Clippers and the Nets. It is just James Harden. 
and how that interacts with Kawhi and Paul George. I thought it was okay in terms of fantasy production in that first game. He shot the ball well. He got some assists going. But how that all works together is going to be a constant evaluation thing for us. And Ty Lue likes to keep things together for 10 to 15 games before he makes changes. Spencer Dinwiddie got benched down the stretch for the Nets so they could run Royce O'Neal and um, Lonnie Walker in there as well. Is that what's going to happen? Is he going to stay starting? Is Cam Thomas going to take that job eventually? I also want to watch Cam Thomas. Will they continue to pump 30 shots into the man? Don't know. And then the streams are Norman Powell. And while Claxton remains out still, Dorian Finney-Smith is that guy there for the Nets. Um, what's on my radar? The Pelicans and the Wolves. Well, it is going to be Jordan Hawkins, whose roster percentage has jumped from 7 to 30. I actually added him. I tried to get Daniels in one league, missed it, and grabbed Hawkins before that game yesterday, so I was pretty happy. I did get him in industry pickup today as well. He won't be this good. He won't shoot this well, but he won't go to the bench in this game. I feel confident about that. Now, he's going to be up and down, absolutely. But the fact that they limited Daniels and Lewis's minutes, despite the point guard being out, was a little concerning. It's not always going to be that way, but we'll see what happens. And then for the Wolves, this guy was on the buy low show, Carl Anthony Towns. Can the bloke like look like he wants to play basketball versus what the hell happened against the Celtics? Shoot a bit better, my guy. Do something a bit better. Let's see how it works. Hawkins and Kyle Anderson are the stream guys we're looking at there. What's on my radar in the next game? It is the Lakers and the Rockets. So it is the value of Christian Wood. Torian Prince is back. Jackson Hayes is questionable. And Anthony Davis is questionable. What can the Woodsman do if Davis is out? I think that's almost worth adding, even with 14 games on, just to see, because it could be an absolute monster from him. Could be. And then I do want to see Tari Eason. How do they get him the minutes? What do they plan on doing? Does it impact Shangun? Does it impact Smith? How do they use him? And then I want to, the stream, it's, it's Torian Prince, which is always just lucky dip. And Eason is maybe a stream guy as well, but it's more important, I think, to pay attention to what his role actually is here. Detroit and Milwaukee, what's on my radar? Kate Cunningham is on my radar. His rebounds is probably the thing that, I know the turnovers are high. You know I don't care. Um, he's shooting well from three. He's shooting from free throw line really well. His rebounds are very low, though. And is that a Duran factor? Maybe. So that's that's a little bit concerning. But everything else, I think, has been pretty good. Good assists, good scoring, good threes, um, good free throws, good attempts, uh, good solid enough steals. But let's see if the rebounds come up. Let's see if we get maybe some control on the turnovers too. And then on the Bucks, I want to see Damian Lillard because his numbers are well down. He's getting to the line a lot, but the shot attempts and usage are low. His assist numbers aren't that high. I had to readjust some of his projections. That that He's not looking great at the moment. He'll be better. It takes time, but he's not looking great. Streams, Killian Hayes or Marcus Sasser. Both guys are going to get pumped into minutes. Hayes is flying at the moment, and everyone is still out for the Pistons. And then Jay Crowder, who played more minutes than Malik Beasley last game, and I do think that even if he does take or doesn't take Malik Beasley's starting job, it is going to be more Crowder starter minutes, Beasley bench minutes. Because Adrian Griffin, you realize that Malik Beasley isn't the perimeter um, ball hound that you thought he might have been. Shocking, I know. Next game, what's on my radar? It is Cleveland. It is Oklahoma City. For the Cavs, I do want to see the Winter Soldier, Max Struess, because his production's been a bit up and down. Everyone's back healthy now. He was all right last game. I'm still not fully convinced he's going to remain must roster, but he is for now. So we have him on a roster. Let's see how it looks. And then for the Thunder, Josh Giddey's struggling at the moment. Can't really sort of find his place with all these other guys around, which was a genuine concern that we had heading into the season. He's had a couple of big games, a couple of poor ones. 
I hope his, some of his shooting numbers come up as well. Streams, I am looking at Karis Levert as a good streamer. And then Kaysan Wallace, that is if Lou Dort is out. I believe that Wallace would start and be an interesting um, steals stream option in that scenario. Today's episode is also brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's never been a better time to get in on the action. Then you can use those bonus bets to bet on Lou Dort shooting percentage props. They don't even have shooting percentage props. They probably don't. Maybe you can do Lou Dort scoring props in the Thunder versus Cavs game and see whether you think he's going to go over or under and continue to be a 60% three-point shooter. I don't. So I think you might want to go under on that. But whatever it is, FanDuel has you covered. Uh, spreads, player props, over-unders, futures, totals, it's all there. So go to fanjul.com slash locked on to kick off the NFL season. Fanjul is an official partner of the NFL and don't forget to gamble responsibly. Okay. I uh, didn't mean to bring that screen up, but there we are. It came straight up anyway. Um, Miami and Memphis is the next game that we're looking at here. Tyler Hero has been really, really good to start the season. I just want to see what his minutes look like, his usage look like, looks like, how it interacts with Butler looking better last game. And then on the uh, Grizzly side, it is Bismack Biombo, who is a stream option here, who's going to have unfettered access to the center position again. And that makes him a good option, I would say. I don't think that Kenny Lofton's going to play much because, again, Kenny Lofton is not an NBA caliber player. Um, so we'll see Aldama and Jackson and maybe a bit more Roddy and Biombo doing a lot. Um, Kyle Lowry's worth an assist and steal stream if you're looking for those numbers, but he is running at comically low usage numbers. The next game that we look at is the Phoenix Suns and the Chicago Bulls. Of course, we want to see what Bradley Beal looks like. We still have no idea what the team looks like because Booker's not going to play, but at least getting Beal back will be something to monitor. So we'll see how that all um, all plays out. And then Kobe White, who is looking better. He's available in a lot of spots. You know my theory on White. You might not think he's got a robust fantasy game. You might think that he's a poor shooter. He's not. He's a good shooter. Um, but a starting point guard with 30-plus minutes is someone I'm always going to be interested in. So I have held, and I will continue to hold. Streamers, Kobe White's there. Eric Gordon's still a stream, even though Beal could return um, because Devin Booker still is out. The Raptors and the Mavericks, I do want to watch Scotty Barnes. I want to see the rebounding. I want to see the shot blocking. And I want to see the shooting because the free throws did come back to earth last game but the three-pointers are still really high. So let's see. I, I didn't have Barnes on the sell-high show because I, I do believe he's somewhat of a sell-high if you get a first-rounder back. Otherwise, you just ride it out. But let's see a few of those things that have been crazy, how they look. And then for the Mavericks, I want to see Derek Lively. Foul trouble really seems to be the only issue at the moment. Everything else has been pretty strong, but let's see how he's able to interact and pick and rolls and alley-oops and that sort of stuff with Luca. In terms of streams, it's Gary Trent. It's probably Josh Green. I don't feel particularly strongly about Greeny, though, when everyone is healthy. In terms of the next game, which is the, a pretty pretty good game, actually, the Warriors and the Nuggets. I do want to see Chris Paul, who finally got the shot to fall last game, but his minutes were low. Was that just because it was a back-to-back? Or are we seeing 25-minute-a-night Chris Paul now, which makes him might make him hard to hold? Not yet, but we hold him, but let's see where it goes. And then for the Nuggets, I do want to see Reggie Jackson, who struggled last game, but will that be what the usual rotation is? And what about Julian Strouder, who went absolutely crazy in that game? Are they going to find that bigger role for him? Because he played more than Christian Brown. Let's see how that runs. And then uh, Peyton and Jackson are there as streamers. And you could throw um, Strouder into that mix also. The final game of the day is the Blazers and the Sacramento Kings. We don't have that full injury report yet, because but Fox and, and Lyles and Scoot still up in the air. 
I want to watch Tamani Kamara and see whether he actually does get 30-plus minutes with Rob Williams out. I, I don't think that he does, but maybe they're just going to have to go super small because Moses Brown has played zero minutes this season. Maybe it is Jabari Walker. Maybe Duop Reith gets promoted, but we'll see what they run with there. On the King side of things, Sabonis, while he was on the sell high or the buy low show. So let's see if he's able to get some of his two-point percentage up, but also his assist numbers. They're pretty low. The streamers are Kamara and Monk. Monk's value obviously rises even further if um, Darren Fox is out. Now, I'm not giving you stream of the day, as I said, but we will look at chunks. So Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, this is the rest of the week. We've got three streaming days in there, Thursday and Friday. And Saturday, that's Thursday and Friday is two. Thursday, Friday, Saturday is three days. And what we have to do is try and at least get two, ta- two games on those three days because there's 11 games Sunday and there's 14 Wednesday. So you'll see a lot of magic guys there. Uh-huh. Um, Cole Anthony's got two. Mo Wagner's got two. Jalen Suggs has got two. They are very high priority ads for me. Goga Badadze slots a little bit behind them, but Badadze Wagner situation up in the air. I still do believe that Wagner will be the guy 70% of the time. We can also look at the Hawks, uh, Sadiq Bay, the depressed penis, and Bogdan Bogdanovich are stream options with two games in those three days. No one else has more than two games. No one has three. No one goes back to back to back. So getting two games from Thursday to Saturday is key to try and get that extra game into your fantasy lineup. But also, if you haven't used your ads, you might be okay just to go someone Thursday, someone Friday, someone Saturday. That just really depends on how your team looks. But it's all, if you're trying to conserve movements and conserve ads, this is the way we do it. And that will do it for me today. And for a day with no games on, it's been bloody busy. Follow this podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. And on YouTube, thumb it up and leave your comments down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.